Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about GoBots. So, hell yeah, GoBots. Wait, no. <laughs> hell so, yeah, GoBots. Yeah. We're recording it, right? This is recording, right? <laughs> I taught. I did that to Andy while I was inviting him. I said GoBots, and I'm like, Fuck. now we know that subconsciously. She's not a GoBot hater like I thought, and now I'm alone. God, no, it's just that Orbots and GoBots sound very similar. And isn't that why they were uh, sued? (laughs) Because one of them looks too much like one somehow? I don't know. I don't think with Orbots, no. I think it was the fact that it was the Mighty Orbots and the GoBots were called Mighty, uh, the GoBots Mighty Vehicles, whatever. And every time they said Mighty Orbots, that was counted as like, oh, one copyright. It was weird. It was such a weird lawsuit. There's this guy who makes weekly videos on YouTube that I saw a few videos of. Is it Toy Galaxy? I think so, yeah. But I've noticed, like, I watched one or two of the older things that most people don't know of that I grew up with. Yeah. He's done, like, almost every property now that came out in the 80s and 90s with, like, 10 to 15 minute, like, history of them. Are you sure? But the Mighty Orbots one is titled, (laughs) Suit Out of Existence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just said it's unfortunate. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to this next episode of SparkCast, the Transformers podcast, where today we're talking about the Mighty Orbots. We'll be looking at episodes 7, 8, and 9 of the original 13-part series. And joining us today are our regular hosts, Sammy Bort. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> it's Thomas. And joining us today also is Andy. Hello. And welcome back for another round of Orbots episodes. I'm ready for it. Let's just dive right into uh, episode seven. How many episodes now have the Orbots started just returning from another mission that wasn't aired, (laughs) only to get directly involved into another mission? Look, they're hard workers. There's a lot of space crime out there. They're cutting down on all of filler. (laughs) It just makes you want more. It's ample fan fiction opportunities. Yes. (laughs) I mean, what? (laughs) Somebody's going to spin off just several novels from just one sentence that somebody uttered right before the episode began. <laughs> Heck yes. Well, they're gonna, so they're going to Star Wars it. I was gonna, yeah. yeah, or Star Trek, where they're like, well, let's make a whole novel around this continuity error. <laughs> did they really do Truth. that? Yes, they did. I like how when they go by the planet, Tor's like, who cares if something lands on that planet? Because for the one human. But, and the odds of it hitting that one human are very infinitesimal considering the size of, you know, a freaking planet. But I find that they had to go and help that one guy on the entire planet. 
Dara. That's what a real hero means, does. <laughs> One thing that was weirded out is like he says telekinetic toss for his superpower. And I was expecting, you know, telekinetic like moving with your mind, but instead he creates a giant net in the sky and then catches something and then throws it with that net. I'm like, okay, I guess we don't know what telekinesis means. <laughs> I- I, I I have a note in the third episode, uh, the episode nine, but I'll say it now is that they have a lot of alliteration moves like water weirdness, telekinetic toss. And it's just like okay, yeah. <laughs> what are the that situations? The calls for? I mean, I guess I would actually say that's probably more just the eighties. I mean, that's going all the way back to like the early Marvel days with Peter that's Parker true. and <laughs> Lois Lane, Alex Luther. Okay, so like a nerd thing. The Lana Lang alliteration <laughs> in the early days of comics. I know people did that because there were just so many characters, so it was easy to remember them that way. Smart. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> Good marketing technique. <laughs> so, who here is like, Oh, look, it's a beautiful gem? And all I'm thinking, I wrote down, It's a dragon egg, isn't it? <laughs> and then, and then later, I put, It totally was three exclamation marks. I, I have, I have how many times, um. Uh, Bo says, how can something be so pretty be so dangerous? I was hoping it would be more of those only two. But I was and I also have like, this is definitely uh girl girls will say this. Or guys think girls will say this, right? Yeah, guy, yeah, guys think girls will say this. <laughs> but uh to me it was that little sequence just made me just think, oh like, wow, what kind of heroes are these where Let's go down to save this one guy on the planet. Oh, look, a pretty diamond. And just completely <laughs> forgot about him. They pick it up. They don't. Let's take this diamond with us on our search. No, let's just take this back home and make money. <laughs> yeah, they did forget about him. <laughs> no, I, they didn't find him? Or did they just... They stopped looking. They were. They started the search, and then they came across the diamond. Uh, and then that's when they were like, nah, we're just going to take this. Go home. <laughs> Oh yeah. God, so they just left. <laughs> We're gonna make more money this way. And all I thought of at first when the episode started, he's like, Orbot separate. Half of you come with me, half to the planet. I'm like, uh, which of them are gonna get kidnapped this time? <laughs> and but luckily that didn't happen. But I did have another one where I'm like, Well, there's a minion on the planet talking to Umbra, right? Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I'm just like is he gonna leave this guy stranded on the planet <laughs> eventually uh, by betraying him, and then he's gonna betray Umbra and and help the mighty Orbots defeat him when Umbra, I'm like, and that totally happened as well. I <laughs> just feel bad for this guy, though, because then he just yeah. gets another place. Like, uh. I have I have on my notes, Umbra's a dick. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Umbra could have won if he had just been loyal to his minions. Like, there's like three episodes now where he betrays them and only they know how to stop whatever was started and they go to the Moiety Orbots for help. Oh, I, I don't know. Cause it's, cause to me, and I think I, I think you guys would agree with me since you kind of all had the same note that I had where I basically just had to like, I need to keep track of this or, or make a note of this. I'm just leaving that guy there. It just seemed like needlessly cruel. It just seemed yeah. out of the ordinary. It came out of nowhere. It was like, we got to remind the audience that, like, this Umber guy is like a really bad guy. He's not just a face that talks to people and has everybody else do work. He's he's a he's a scumbag himself as well. I like Dara's design, though. He was kind of a cool looking lizard dude. Or Dara. What would they call him? Is Dara? I can't yeah. completely miss his name, but he does look neat. Oh, and what was, what's the girl's name? 
Foo Bo. No, the oh, human no? woman. Uh, the the daughter Dia. of the main Galactic oh, Patrol yeah. guy. Oh yeah, she was she was mean. <laughs> What's her name? Dia. Yeah. Dia. Yeah, she shows up for one minute in this episode, gone the rest, and is not even here the next two episodes. I like, forgot she was in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was like, why are you bringing her up? I was like, oh, yeah, she was in there. <laughs> she says, I have to run, and then literally runs away from him from the animal exhibit that she's not interested in. And I'm like, I just imagine her going, I, I have to run because, you know, F your snails. I yeah. want a real date. <laughs> that is exactly. <laughs> but, but, but Dia agreed to go see the snails. Like, what did you think you were getting yourself into, Dia? Not snails. <laughs> I guess what exactly was that even needed? Because I mean, I guess it kind of sets them up to be at the museum so they can bring the diamond there. But why not just write them to bringing the diamond straight to the museum? Why did the date have to be the setup for being at the, at the museum? It just seemed Maybe weird. the episode was only 20 minutes long originally and they had to write in a middle scene. <laughs> yeah, we needed 30 more seconds. <laughs> they need a romantic tension. Just a reminder. And then not include her for more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they forget, completely forget about her for the next. She's two. been in the last episode, the last six episodes, and now she's gone for three. I like how they're like, what could be wrong with this thing from another planet? It's not like it has disease, bacteria. We're not yeah. going to quarantine it. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to shove it here with all these other alien artifacts and hope none of them, you know, have any mixes by accident or something. Not even test it. Nothing. They're just like, ah, just plop it over here. The, it's fine. The, the poor little guard robot. I felt bad for him. He, he had like this really cute animation of him like zipping out of there. Oh, yeah. So did any of you catch the animation errors in this episode? The, yeah, there was a bunch. They're all transition errors, like transitions between scenes where there'll be one fourth of a second, almost that something that you can't tell where there's a whole completely separate background that looks kind of like it's where the next one is supposed to be. But it's like all of a sudden just cuts to the two of them walking in a close up or somewhere else. So this happened like a few times where 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 did this extra fourth of a second of a completely different background come from before transitioning from one scene to the next? It didn't make a lot of sense. It's like there were some editing problems on this episode. Yeah, there was one I noticed what will be revealed to be a dragon later. Um like they didn't animate the bottom half of his legs or they just colored it in and it still was, you could still see the background. It was like halfway colored in. Mm -hmm. um, and and there was another part where he's like firing like his lasers out of his mouth, but like the last like fifth of the screen was just nothing. It was just like, it just like, it like cut right off. And it's like animation errors in the show. I mean, are like semi-frequent, but it doesn't take away the fact that everything, there's like so much other detail in the show, like so like beautifully animated. If, they make they make up for it. Yeah, they make, these poor animators who work day and night. How dare you cut off the last cut off that animation? <laughs> uh, I did. I was thinking about that in particular with the, these three episodes. So just like, man, this show looks so good for like the time period. It oh. just makes me just, I, I yeah. Like, I just I, wish that they had more of a. Uh, I, I like to see what they would be able to do with like more budget in like in in this era i agreed with your detail thing because i remember like what the spaceship with the guy tossing the gas everywhere or is that next episode that's that was the next the, episode think, yeah, think yeah the next episode the spaceship uh, the detail of that spaceship was just gigantic like all over the place all the minute details on it i'm like this yeah. is ridiculous the amount of attention detail to everything on here 
the Phoenix factor, right? That's the next. Yeah. Episode. The next one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Dr. Phoenix. I know we're jumping ahead, but like, Hey, his, no Phoenix. I, we're on Godzilla planet right now. So <laughs> <laughs> like his, just, his, I just loved his design. It was very de- uh, Desiki, like just very much his type of design. Uh, he look, he, he just looked cool. I thought he did. Explain <laughs> who that is to the folks who don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but, uh, uh, Osamu Dezuki, he was the animation director. Or he's the, sorry, he was the director of this show, but he also worked on Astro Boy. He worked on like Loop on the Third. He worked on, oh my God, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. But uh, he worked on Galgo 13. Uh, he he directed Rainbow Bright, like <laughs> like all this stuff. And it's just, I, his, he has a very, uh, uh, Ishito no Joe, uh, the, the boxing drama. His style is very distinct. Like you can tell what's a, a Dezuki animation. The way Dr. Phoenix was designed, it was just very much the way he designed, uh, I guess he would design characters. And it's just really nice. Space Adventure Cobra, he also did that too. So everything you like. And anything I like, <laughs> he did. <laughs> so something I was like, I, I that made no sense to me in, back in the Godzilla Planet episode. I like how Rondu shows up and goes, God, what's the main character's name again? The human. What? Do you? No, the human male. Rob. Rob. Okay, yeah. He just comes up and goes, Rob, my plot powers are kicking in and telling me you have to go here. And I'm like, how do you even know this? <laughs> how <do> you even... <laughs> I want to own it to be like, is he spying on us? <laughs> yeah, I think these episodes, that was particularly egregious because I was having the same thought. I was like, how does he just keep coming up and just get it on the mic? And it was, I was just thinking, I was like, are there, is there a security forces on this planet that he's working? Like, what power does he have where he just knows everything? He's just monitoring the <laughs> planet 24-7. Yes. They save so much money on not hiring people that they can just use his powers. So... Maybe that's why the future is so you know good down there. They don't use all the the money to hire those people to work for the Galactic Patrol. Just like the five people in the one head office. <laughs> I, it also made me think that if there was a season two, there might have been an episode where Rondu was wrong. You know, like where like his astral projection was incorrect, or like it led them to the wrong spot. But then you would have, be making the older character a main character with a character development. <gasps> oh. Yes. No one does Character that. development. <laughs> He'd be like, "What? What's happening to me?" And then you'd have to focus on him. And kids don't want to follow or buy an action figure of the older guy. Then he's going to become the rarest, and everyone's going to want him. That's just mm-hmm. how it works. One thing that was funny is Adam Mantium, right? Oh yes. no, Adam Man Mant Mantum. I'm sorry, because there's one letter difference, so it's not copyright infringement. I also like how they said dilithium crystals. For- <laughs> And like, how did that that dragon sense it? He's like, hmm, there must be some in Mars, three million light years away, or however long it is. This guy can just sense or detect anywhere where there's dilithium crystals in the galaxy. Apparently, it's yeah. watching these episodes made me realize Orbots doesn't have a good grasp of how far things are in in terms of space. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be a show of just them flying in silence. <laughs> <laughs> Hours and hours and days. Well, it's no, no different than any of the Transformers episodes, too, where they're like Megatron's in Alaska and they're like leaving from Arizona and they get there right as Megatron has only walked like three feet. <laughs> and they're like, stop him. And I'm like, how did they get there? 
It's like, <laughs> that would require so much driving, and they're going to obey the traffic laws, too. <laughs> I think this episode was particularly bad because they were chasing after the monster. Ono got sick, so they broke off and were in the lab, and then they caught up with the monster and just as it arrived to Earth. I'm like, how fast does Orbots go? <laughs> like, yeah, this <laughs> the monster was going at like a leisurely pace, and Orbots was going at the the speed of like light <laughs> itself. <laughs> I did notice one error in the story. So they told was it Boo to reverse the polarity of the electricity, but they didn't need to do that because remember Rondu already told them that the electricity in that area is already anti-electricity. So they didn't actually need to do anything. Oh. It was already negative energy. So then she actually made it positive, and that would have, should have not worked. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It was like, oh, if if they're saying that... Yeah, because they, they literally said, where can we find negative, uh, negative energy, negative electricity? And he told them it was just all of it was on that planet. So... You just I, at, at first I was thinking it was like oh they're just gonna lead them into like a cloud or something like that, but no they just harnessed it and then reversed the polarity. I... And not to mention negative electricity. Does anybody here have any rudimentary science knowledge? <laughs> Is there a, such a thing as negative electricity? I'm betting there's not. In pseudoscience world, yes. Yeah. Science fiction. Right. Or no? What's the opposite of blue white on the color wheel? Orange? So I guess it's orange surrounded by black lightning bolts then, huh? Uh, it's okay, Sean. You don't have to question the logic of the show. Like, we already have <laughs> characters doing that in the show already. Okay. I got some <laughs> logic for you, Thomas. So, you know how humans and every living thing in all of existence, you know, we eat food, we eat water, and in turn, that causes us to stay alive and keep growing. We grow from size to go larger and larger. And then, of course, there's that time we discover anti-water, and if we accidentally drink it, we'll revert into babies. <laughs> it happens. I'm just like it's very, it's very common. I'm just like, uh, this goes against all of natural existence. <laughs> like stopping this dragon, it's a cartoon, so they can't kill a living creature. But it's much more horrifying to turn him into an egg forever, and then he's just like an unliving <laughs> death for basically ever. I mean, he was kind of cute, though, <laughs> if that's any consolation. I mean, it's a crystal creature. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the rules don't apply. Which, well, yeah, I guess the rules probably don't apply because, like Bort was saying, how can this thing fly in space? There's no air. <laughs> and, I, and when he said that i was yes. like come on like how are you now you decide to question the logic of everything that happens around you when early on they threw they threw that probe way off into space uh and it, it From the had a giant fiery explosion that is fueled by air like there's no air in space why did they explode that much but then this is the time they decide this yeah. is a weird thing that's happening right now. <laughs> and how much force did Tor need to be able to throw a rock all the way from the planet's uh, surface all the way up into space? What was the what's the force and, and momentum you would need? And is it physically possible based on the design of his figure for that to work? And yet somehow he's strong enough to do that, but not strong enough to punch a hole into a tank. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, uh, Thomas, I got something for you. <laughs> yep. Did you know there is actually an anti-air, which your lungs can't process, so you can't actually breathe if you're in it? 
anti-air? Oh, no, I'm just making this up. You can <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna like be like I don't need any more terrible news this week. <laughs> oh, I was just trying to come up with all kinds of stupid anti things now, but uh, yeah. Did you guys at least like the action of them fighting this thing throughout? It was actually pretty neat. I like the ingenuity of their attacks. Like Boo was multi- did that cool multiplying attack where she was like oh, circling yeah. around him. I really, I really thought that was awesome. And I keep them wondering what her powers are every time I see them. Because, like, she's creating illusions here, and then what, I think she's controlling plants two episodes from now. I'm like, what are your powers? <laughs> Whatever the writers make them. And at the end of this series, I just want to look at a gra- like a, at one of the wikis and, like, see what all her powers were through the episodes. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that poor bad guy, Minion, yeah. he, he's like... He's like, oh, I help you. Just, just like he even frees them from the giant alien spider, and they should help them, right? After that, he should. They should have. It's not even like a like a ten second epilogue that shows them coming back to get him, or him being arrested, and or being set free or something for helping. You know, nothing, none of that. Yeah, it's like, all right, we don't have to animate him anymore. Let's like, move on to the next. <laughs> the plan was just weird. They're like, oh, we know they'll kidnap this egg, and then. Then they'll put it in this one place where it will start eating the crystals and grow huge. That is my master plan. There's was, was a lot of circumstantial things that happened that made this go, <laughs> that made this hap- work yeah. at all, you know? But it was fine. It's like Umber just knew that they were just going to be in this one spot, helping, trying to figure out this one probe. Umber was like, there's a girl and she will like things that are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to... Do we want to move on to the next episode? Sure. Yeah. All right. This is episode eight. I I really like this episode, too. This one's a really good one. This is the one with Dr. Phoenix, who has an exposed brain. Which at first I was like, oh, okay. So his brain was like physically removed and placed in here. And, I, and I'm just like, he wakes up and says, I want revenge. And, and Umbra's like, I'll give it to you. And I was like, how? The people he wants revenge on died 200 years ago. But I guess, you know, destroying future Earth, because the people that, you know, banished him lived on Earth. I guess that's enough to deal with your revenge when you have no one to revenge on. You know, you got a circular logic of revenge, so you feel good. He holds a grudge. Can anybody explain to me why this episode basically started up with the formation scene just for them to separate 30 seconds later? (laughs) (laughs) What did they form together to do in the first place? Why why did they form up? To go into the danger zone? I think (laughs) danger zone! zone. I think, yeah, I think that was it. They form up to go there, but then they needed to separate to to search uh, more efficiently. Yeah, and I just, this is a horrible idea. They're like any science experiment that is too dangerous or or canceled. We just toss in here, all of them in one place. You know, we don't know what they are, what they do. We don't know if they'll all chain together cr- to create a galaxy-destroying explosion. It's not you know. being packed guarded from yeah like, there's no security cameras coming to collect. one froze crunch you know so it's like it could what if something made an explosion you know it was not a very oh, well yeah. kept area 
Some of that stuff is definitely still like live. His name is Dr. Phoenix. When your name is that, you got to make a spaceship in the shape of a phoenix. <laughs> like, come on. It was a really cool, well-designed ship. There was just like these like extended shots of just showing the detail of it. I'm like, kids didn't appreciate this in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> they might have appreciated uh, it more if it was ever a toy. Yes. Get the ship that was in one episode. Since it was capable of like, I don't know, capturing Orbot, Mighty Orbots, and like holding him. Like Orbots couldn't break free. Until they actually re- remember they have the power to just <laughs> teleport. Just just teleport. Yep, yep that, I have that in my notes. It's like they forgot they could do that. And then they don't teleport out of there. They're like, it's too big. Separate again so we can have another formation sequence three times this episode. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, you guys could just separate. But then they were like, no, let's just teleport and do, right? Yeah, why not? Um, there was two points in this episode that kind of reminded me of the Transformers movie. Um, there was this part where uh, Tor is telling a story. It reminded me of when Cup was telling the story on on uh, the ship with Hot Rod. I, I just it just I for some reason I always put those two scenes together. It's like okay. And there's another scene where they're getting shot at when Rob has the uh, the gun in his hand. There's a scene in the Transformers movie where like I guess it's on Earth and the, they're being shot at with the Dinobots and they start freaking out. And it just it feels like it's like kind of the same animation, but it's not. It just I always have those two scenes in my head together that like feels like they're related. I've actually been dealing with a lot of phoenixes in the other shows I've been watching. I've been watching Saint Seiya, like in the main mm. story, the main villain is named has the phoenix armor and can literally resurrect his armor. And I've been playing Tales of Fantasia, where I can literally turn into a phoenix and fly down and just burn everyone in my path. Heck yes. <laughs> those are powers I want. Saint mm-hmm. Seiya has an amazing opening. I really want to watch it. Uh, we started watching the old Saint Seiya since I thought the new one was like, I was like, the old stories have to be better than this, right? Yeah, the newer, the, there's not really great ratings like, on the new one. Is that like a Netflix show? They did uh, two seasons of six episodes each for the new Saint Seiya, but they are cramming a lot into it. And most of the time it's not even plot. It's just fighting for half an hour. Hmm. And like, and there's these people, it's hilarious because people will come in and say, we have to kill Athena because she's going to bring about the darkness and destroy the world. And I'm like, no, the prophecy is she fails to stop Ares and prevents him from taking over the world. That's not the same thing. And everyone's always like acting like they're heroes, but like saying they're heroes and acting like villains because there's two opposing sides. They're like, ha ha ha, now die. And I was like, didn't you just say you wanted to save the earth and then you're talking like this? Nothing matches with their words and their actions. I was like, they clearly look like villains, even though they're trying to say they're doing it for the good reasons, but then their actions kind of give them away. And I'm like, this is, I don't know if it's just the writing or if this is all intentional or what, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... How does Dr. Phoenix even know who the Mighty Orbots are? He's uh, been uh, like asleep for 200 years or something on his little ship in exile, I'm assuming. But I guess he could have been kidnapped by Umbra and then like then awoken up or something. I have no idea. Umbra has the power to deactivate him at will. So I'm sure he basically gave him notes saying, hey, these are the guys we need to stop. <laughs> gave him like a post-it note saying, stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Just says Orbots scribbled on. (laughs) 
I thought the stasis they were going to use would be the equivalent of a cryogenic chamber for humans. But instead, all they do is shoot it at a robot. And it's like, well, I feel better now. I was like, well, how, what part of stasis describes what that laser just did to you? It's a feel better beam. <laughs> uh, maybe the stasis part refers to stopping the virus in its tracks. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, oh, did you guys notice the transformation scene forming the mighty Orbot is actually new this episode? And they'll start using this one a lot more, too. I, um, there's one, I don't know if it's, the, I keep forgetting which one they do, but in the next episode, Leviathan, it's a really nice, like, uh, Sakuga-esque animation where it starts with Tor's face at the bottom and it just, like, this stretchy animation. It's just really well done. Yeah, that was not sure one, too. Yeah, it's just really, it's just, oh, and it has all the lights everywhere. It's just a really beautifully animated scene. Oh, oh, Rondu actually says something stupid this episode that isn't right, according to the plot. Ooh. He actually said, oh, no, if the machines get out of that bubble, they'll spread the virus. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We have not heard or seen that happen throughout this entire episode. Only the gas can spread the virus. This virus-infested robots can't spread it. Otherwise, the people that were carrying Ono would have been infected. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that along with just his uh his uh, his plan with the robots just to <laughs> hold them off with the shield, the uh, that bubble shield. Uh, yeah, uh, he he dropped the ball completely. <laughs> That's why he he can't just be the one guy monitoring the the planet twenty four seven. He needs some help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like Bort's sassy little uh, thumbs up he did after he stopped the, one of those. He just gave he just stopped and gave the camera a thumbs up. And I'm like, oh, Bort, you're adorable. <laughs> he's trying his best. He's really, he's trying his very best. I identify with Bort. <laughs> I, I agreed with the cartoon science here because I'm like, well, this works for kids science. Good enough for me. <laughs> They're just like, match the wavelength we've detected and use that on our ship, and then we should be able to see the, you know, hidden ship. And I'm like, sure, whatever. That's good enough. Uh, that sounds like really sad cloaking technology, that it was just so easily defeated. The person who made it was like, they didn't think of that immediately. It was like, you know, we can make the ship invisible, but it'll be real easy to figure out where we are if they try. Well, it's 200 years old, so you have to think they got a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. One thing I liked about this episode is the villain of the week. He's just like, I want my revenge. And he's like, they're like, you could come with us. We could, uh, you could, you don't have to be evil. You know, it's like the future, you know, humans and robots live together. And he's just like, I'm half human, half robot. No one will ever, you know, accept me. And then they tell him that they would. And he's just sitting there like, really? Oh, I can be accepted. Like he wants to get, go back. Go just leave and go with them. It's, I'm kind of upset that, like, at the end of it, they're just like, "Yeah, he's gonna be on trial." And I'm he's like, going to jail. I'm like, oh, oh. the guy okay. was forced to work for Umbra, even though he did want revenge. But that's because he was led down the wrong path. He's also been exiled for 200 years. He's served some kind of sentence already, Time, right? Yeah, I feel like that was a little unfair of you guys. It, but it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like a like robots against humans type thing. Uh, Cause um, Astro boy had a couple episodes like we humans are superior than robots and this, that. So I wonder if uh, 
Desiki worked on those episodes and was like, hey, do this for this. Yeah, but I did like how they were making him a good guy. He's like, I'll help you make the cure before my mind control sets in. And then he's able to do that. And they help him out anyway, because they know he's good. So, but yeah, it was interesting. I just thought, yeah, I didn't like that thing where they're just like, well, he's arrested now. I'm like, (laughs) okay, guess we won't see him anymore. Uh, Season two. But he did reveal something we didn't know yet. So we've always thought that Umbra was this advanced AI this whole time, right? He actually reveals that Umbra's a cyborg. He's half human, half machine too. So that means Umbra at one point used to be a human. Ooh. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that be the definition of cyborg. I, I mean, I mean, that still doesn't help me understand how Umbra was able to shoot uh, Dr. Phoenix with the mechanogen through a TV screen. He controls like, a whole robot planet, so maybe you know he's got some tech that can do that. He sh- shot it through the internet, it just <laughs> sent it over like a satellite beam and through the TV screen. That, yeah, that part seemed kind of weird to me. I always ask my wife these stupid tech questions. I'll be like, Marcella, have you learned at work how I can send enough, I don't know, type enough stuff so that their keyboard explodes there on the other end? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's oh, like goodness. she's like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, but it happened on Arrow. <laughs> I was like, are you telling me TV isn't real? And to add a little bit more questionable logic, if he was capable of sending the mechanogen through like just random screens, why didn't why did he need Dr. Phoenix to go with the ship and spray it all over the place? Why no, the mechan- the, it was already the on the ship, I thought. He was just releasing what was already on the ship by controlling the ship. It came out of the TV screen. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I I must have missed that part. See, I see. This is my brain just filling in the gaps. I just assumed it was already from what was on the ship, since I was releasing it anyway. Yep. I my my last note is just like the villain. <laughs> but since it's only like thirteen episodes, I doubt any villain comes back throughout these uh, episodes. No, unfortunately not. Umbra. <laughs> not the uh, what is it that p- space pirate that we had a few episodes ago. I would have liked to seen him come back because he was really cool. Shrike, I think his name was. Yeah, I my two. I have two more notes. Um, in the beginning of the episode, I meant this. I don't. Um, I don't think I said this, but there's a cool shot of like the inner workings of Umbra, almost like in a cellular level. You're seeing like kind of like Unicron in the beginning of the Transformers movie. You're looking at the inside of him mm-hmm. for a couple of scenes, and they had a really nice moon surface animation where they're just flying across the moon. I'm like, this just looks nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the one scene I was like, okay, I'm right now on this note. Like, this show looks good. <laughs> yeah, that's... Just, like, they, they really took the time just to make a scene that was three seconds long look incredible. And uh, I also have combining sequence number four, because there was another one where they, I guess, I don't remember them doing it anywhere else in the series. It's just, like, where they combine, but they flash off at the they flash off the screen and then come out, like, they turn the lights and uh, they they go off the screen and then come back. I don't think. That yeah, that one was a new one. I think. Yeah. That, that yeah, I don't think I don't think they do that again in the series. So I think that was probably it. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be the new one I'm going to see from now on. And then I guess I didn't because I thought they would only make like one more different changing uh, thing. But sometimes they do ones that are just specific for that episode. Yeah. I was like, why aren't you reusing your art assets? This is what everyone else does in this time period. And they're like, nope, we're going to make some new ones for this episode. Japan had so much money in the 80s. I mean, I feel like even some of the anime from the 90s 
they didn't really change the transformation formation like sequences that much unless you know a character got like a new power and then mm-hmm. then it would change but it was mostly just static you know the only thing that really changes like there's a lot going on in this episode we'll speed it up yeah <laughs> or skip it all together <laughs> that just plays into one of the things i really like in the show where like there's always just all these different environments. Like there's not a lot of repeating content and yeah. repeating art. It just always seems like there's always something original and new that they're showcasing. To your point, there's a, a scene of when the machines are going crazy in the city, you mm-hmm. see the galactic patrol symbol on other machines you haven't seen before. So it's like, Oh, this is actually not just we're the galactic patrol. We're here. It's actually in the world and affecting everybody in the city, you know, because they had these like machines, these helicopter esque machines manned by robots with the symbol on and other symbols, uh, Galactic Patrol symbols, other places. Is this the first time we've seen the actual city on Earth? More of it than just the the establishing shot of Galactic Headquarters, or was it attacked before? Um, when that comet was falling. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they showed a bit. Well, I wouldn't say this is the city, but they show regular, like, I guess, life on the planet when they went to the concert. I think that was the first or second episode where they met that rock star. Mm. Yeah. I forgot what they're called. It was like Dracos and Drax. What is that what they're called? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a good episode. Anything, uh, Sammy, anything else? Or are we good on this episode, too? No, he, this is, that's pretty much it. <laughs> So on to episode nine. This was one of the few episodes that actually showed showed you the title card before the episode. I don't know why all my episodes don't show that at the beginning, but I saw this one was actually written by David Wise. Yep. At first I was like, I'm not interested in any kind of fish people and fish society. I'm like, this is going to be a boring episode. And, but then I also see this written by David Wise and he's like the guy that wrote a lot of transformers and <laughs> defenders of the earth. Uh, episodes, but he did like, you know, tons of Ninja Turtle episodes from seasons one to five. Yeah, he, no, he's a big name in the, uh, in the, I guess, the screenwriting world for like television shows. He also did uh, the Jewel, he also did the Jewel Targon episode too. He, it wasn't, he didn't have a title card, but he also did that one as well. On Mighty Orbots? Yeah, Mighty Orbots. Which yeah. one was that one? That, that was the Jewel seven? with the Dragon. Yeah, so he did giant dragon and giant fish creature, giant whale. His episodes for this one, he's like, "Have they are they ever going to fight a giant robot of their size anytime soon?" Maybe. No. So I have a question: Is David Wise? He's not the same as the David Wise composer of video <laughs> game music, right? Oh man, I was going to make a joke and say that like he also does a bunch of music for Nintendo. No, it's they, two different guys. Because they accidentally put that video on his IMDb site when I was looking at him. 
about oh, the musician no. on on the uh, the writer's site. If they put I'm like, uh, Nintendo stuff on there. Yeah, there's a new video that like I guess uh, mentions him, but I think they're referring to the wrong David Wise. I'm like, wait, these aren't the same people, are they? I just saw David Wise perform at Magfest. I was like, I don't think that's the same guy who I saw on my DVD commentary for Ninja Turtles or Batman. <laughs> Last David Wise thing. It's a sad note. He actually just passed away March 3rd. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm looking out. I, I have the uh, the uh, Wikipedia up and it says I was like, oh, he's dead. And then, yeah, did, he just passed away. It, oh, that's a real, that's a real shame. That's depressing. Yeah, Long he was cancer. he wrote a lot of the really good Ninja Turtle episodes he always focused on more of the the more slightly more serious ones as opposed to the more jokey and comedic ones of the turtles. Even though we would still have that st- stuff in it, I think it was one of the video the commentaries on there that showed that he had tried to to fight to make it like a not so over the top comedic as it became in season three and four, and but he was still continuing to write that way once everybody voted on the new direction after season two or something. And I was like, interesting to learn like that the they were trying to turn determine the direction of the Ninja Turtles, like going past season two. Ninja Turtles is a show I really need to rewatch because I, I was obsessed with it when I was younger, and then it just I just kind of stopped caring. But I really liked it when I was little, so I need to check out the old shows again. Well, you can go buy a giant turtle van that has all nine se- all ten seasons in it. You don't say. Where can I buy? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, for now, in these troubling times, you can go to Amazon.com. And then I know they best... can ship it on April 5th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know best. I think Best Buy had it at one point, too. But it's like it's like 80 bucks for the entire thing. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I was buying them like one season every six months for like 10 years until oh, I finally got it. And two episodes were missing. They were on like a special premiere night on like 7 to 8 p.m. So they weren't included as actual episodes. And so the only way they were put on the air is they made a top 10 favorite episodes DVD to come out. So, of course, fans purposely voted for the episode that never aired. So it would finally be released on DVD. You know what? That's good thinking. (laughs) Wow. And it was a two parter. So technically there's 11 episodes on that DVD. But yeah. I found that hilarious, but I was also really excited to finally have the complete Ninja Turtles collection. <laughs> so if I purchase that $80 set, will I have these episodes that are have been missing for so many years? No, you'll need to buy the top 10 fan-voted episodes for $9.99. <sighs> Lame. Otherwise, Lame. you won't understand the sequel when they go back to the planet that's introduced in this one. <laughs> uh, continuity. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the ocean planet. Everything in uh, the future for cartoons is always fire planet, sea planet. Well, I guess even Transformers eventually will have Char, which is just a volcano planet. But there's never, oh, this is the planet with a diverse geographical presence of everything from mountains to lakes to, you know, snow caps. No, everything in these kids' cartoons is just as simple as can possibly be. Fire planet, <laughs> desert planet. Oh, God, Transformers does have a desert planet, too. Did you happen to get the name of this planet? Because they change the way they said it every single time. Relos? (laughs) No, they tell you the planet, and then the next time, a few minutes later, it's the city. Oh, okay, because I have have in my notes written down, real, 
R E L O's and then Rylos. Yeah, they uh they actually tell you with a planet and then they segue into the city the next time and all they ever mention is the city after that. They only mention the planet once and that's the very beginning. Yeah. So every time I met that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a funny one because it was interesting because there's actually, I thought, two bad guys. There's Umbra and his minion, and then there's a separate bad guy with his own plan. Only you come to find out he's not a bad guy. He's trying to stop Umbra slash eco-terrorist because, you know, he wanted to stop the mining. But then he also reveals that he knows they're after the thing, but he doesn't actually say that he knows they're Umbra. He just knows that they're trying to find the crystal. <laughs> For all we know, he was already doing eco-terrorist activities before they stole the thing, and that's the only time they called in the Orbots. Eco-terrorism, as was the style at the time. <laughs> yeah. One of those people that's revealed to be good at, after that, because it's like, um, he didn't really capture them. He just kind of is there and talking to them. We're going to hear some kind of reveal now, aren't we? And I guess how at the end of the episode, this guy doesn't get arrested for his eco-terrorism activities. He's just put right back in charge. And they're like, no, you're going to work together. Yay, technology and the ocean. And I'm like, uh, how? You haven't resolved any of that. Where are you going? This episode isn't over. You didn't explain to me. <laughs> you, you and your whale friend can have, can be together in peace. You can't arrest the whale biologist. <laughs> no, he is not a biologist. He is an oceanographer. Oh, and, and, and at one point in the episode, they said, oh, he's an oceanographer. He can make a monster or like. I went to Southampton College and, uh, it was its graduate program was for writers, but its undergraduate program was for people like that. And nowhere did I see on their syllabus and classes is Monster Creation 101. How to genetically <laughs> modify the ocean's wildlife. That was an 8 a.m. class. You would have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is where Boo controls plants. Though I did think it was interesting that the uh, the whale was so big, they literally could not fight it. He was just dangling off the... The whale's fin at the end, and he's and Mighty Orbot is really small compared to the rest of the whale. Yeah, it seemed like they were really having a whale of a time. Oh, oh God, God man. <laughs> this podcast is... Uh... Uh, I think that <sighs> just sank the podcast. <laughs> oh. what, a, what a finny joke. Oh. <laughs> uh, Thomas, you're up. Nope, nope. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> I like how they called him Moby, though. I was like, huh. I mean, you have to. It's obligatory. And it's like, and then they made a line about Pinocchio. I'm like, more whale puns, please. <laughs> that was uh, the one my wife was referencing, like, the whole time she's watching it. And I was like, oh, God, these these puns. I'm like, why do you always tune in for, like, one of the worst episodes every time I'm watching something? <laughs> I'm like, you come into Star Trek while I'm watching it and watch the worst episode of the <laughs> whole series with the, the stupid space hippies while you walk through. I'm like, no, you need to sit down and watch a really good episode. At, at the bottom of my notes, I have how big is Leviathan in just all capital letters? <laughs> because at the <laughs> end of the episode, you get a whole biology lesson. It's like, you're going to the carotid artery. Those are antibodies. The, the antibodies were massive, man. Those things were as, they were as big as the ship that they were in. <laughs> I knew it had to be mind controlled from the beginning. Because I was like, you know, this is a kid's show. They can't kill living creatures. So it's either going to be mind-controlled or the entire Leviathan is a robot. Hmm. And they went with the, you know, mind-controlled living creature. I like how when they released him, the whale's just like, hmm, 
I'm going forward very fast. Guess I'll just keep doing that. And I'm like, that that's it. Because they're like, they got him out of mind control, but they're like, he's moving too fast. He's going to hit it. I was like, does he not have any thought? Does he not like see what's going around? No, he like, said he was, he uh, out. yeah, he was unconscious. Oh, he was? So he was yeah. like, <laughs> I oh, guess I thought... all of that inertia just wasn't going to be stopped by the water somehow. I don't know how the physics of that would work. I mean, he should just slow down or sink. <laughs> uh, how did he become unconscious when they turned it off? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that part for some reason. Yeah, that whole sequence was, uh, uh, it was just dumb to me. <laughs> yeah, it was a little dumb. There, there was uh, a few things wrong with that particular sequence that I noticed was, okay, they tried to stop the well. They were capable of making a new power. Well, I guess it's not really new, but the cy- the underwater cyclone that can lift the well up to the water. <laughs> and I like how it went up to the water. To start, it was like belly flopping on the water. And, and then they were just like, Rob was just like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> they did that whole sequence just to have him respond like that. But but the visuals looked like it had slightly worked, right? Like it just kind of went flop flop. It had stopped moving a little bit, right? I mean, to me, it hundred percent worked because all they needed to do was just move it out of the way a little bit so it doesn't hit the city. You made it go all the way up to the surface of the of the ocean from the ocean floor. So to me, it's like okay, just do that right next to the city, like but right before it's about to hit it. <laughs> no. Or or do or do the opposite direction, like push it down into the ground where it can slow down. Mm. Yeah, but, just, uh, yeah, like use his back rockets at the top to push down his trajectory a little more. You know. Yeah, it's like you only have to move it like ten feet. Just do that. <laughs> In my notes, I have "good job, idiots." <laughs> <laughs> For after they did that, it's like he's obviously moving. Why would you do this while he's moving? <laughs> and like, what is it? Uh. Bo or Boo, I can't remember. One of them can teleport, but they can only teleport when they're attached to everyone else and are the mighty Orbots, right? She can never teleport on her own. Her teleport power is only when they're connected, right? Uh, I don't remember. I couldn't say. I, I think there's scenes when she can teleport. The, the, we're talking about the yellow one, correct? Yeah. Are you talking about the orange helmet with yellow face? Because they both got yellow faces, right? No, I, I always get these ones messed up, and I'm like, um, Boo, Bo. Uh, <laughs> Bo, no, Boo, no, Boo's the yellow one. Bo is the orange one because um, I always say that Boo sounds a little more, you know, cuter, <laughs> and she's like a little uh, more cute and naive. It's Boo. Boo. Boo, she can teleport. Yeah, she the yellow one can teleport. Like I love this show, and I c- can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I thought was cool was like the the big bad of the show that was Umbra, the other guy. Was his Targon? Was that his name? Or no, was that the Jewel of Targon? I, for, I forgot his name. But the other guy, he had a magic staff that they never explained. Oh, yeah. What did he do with that? No, he, he just opened the door and like kind of shot them and took, I guess. Oh, yeah. It had took, telekinetic powers on the staff or something. Yeah. But they never explained it. And it was just like kind of like, oh, he has magic. Oh, I get it now. Her powers are levitate objects. So she was levitating all the plants down there to wrap around stuff. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say with uh, the the main villain in this episode, it just seems like, yeah, th- I guess that is just a thing with Orbots. They are just helpless when it comes to magic users because it reminded me of that. Um, 
like the little gremlin people from the uh, previous episode where one of those guys was a wizard. And he seemed like he was just handling Orbots as well. It's just yeah, they just can't really deal with magic users. The wizard Ewok. Yeah, the e- the Ewok. All right, so Boo's powers are energy and light manipulation, which appear to be magic. She can turn herself and others, so she can turn other people invisible, create force fields, levitate objects, and teleport. But I guess she can only teleport herself and create optical illusions and holograms, which I guess are the not the same thing. So it seems like she's the most, it almost feels like she's the most powerful on the team. She's always doing like tons of stuff. I think it's all kind of, you know, the, the situational. Oh, she can also be in, in herself and others invisible. The other one. Yeah, like uh, the Dremlock episode, right? She was like, hold my hand. And they both mad at each other because they Wait. wanted to go to the concert. Is the other one B.O.? Yeah. It's yeah, Boo and Bo. Yeah, okay, okay. The other yeah. one can only just manipulate the elements, which are also seems pretty powerful. That's all it says. She can channel elemental powers and stuff like that. That's so that she was the one always casting like the ice spells, I guess, in space, where there's no water to conceivably create ice in space. Just like there's no air for the flying dragon. There's a whole cafeteria inside Mighty Orbots. They just get the water from there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have many notes this episode because I was just kind of. It it just kind of ended. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. all right, we're done. It's almost like it's almost like there was like more that they were going to do, but it just feel I don't know. It just felt very it just felt very stunted at the end. And now that's uh, what is it? Two battles where they just they won by they they just shoved the animal out of the way, and the other one they lured it in with electricity. Not not a lot of like fighting robot action, I guess, like you would think from other shows. Because even what was the other episode we watched today? What did they fight? It was oh, the dragon. The dragon. Oh, the phoenix guy. So they never became the big Orbot guy, right? Or were they fighting his ship at one point? Really. Uh, yeah, they were. They oh, yeah. were my Orbots when they were leading. I guess they were leading the uh, the ship into on the moon. Uh, but they yeah. never actually fought anyone in the Dr. Phoenix episode combined, did they? Uh, no, I don't think there was any combat. Yeah, because they were all separated a lot of the episode. So they have their giant robot, and there's no giant robot fights. It's like monster, monster. <laughs> These episodes are all logistics. <laughs> they, yeah. just move, they just move things back and forth, you know? They did have a robot. Remember the bad robot that looked like them that suddenly turned into black paint when the... When, when they no longer needed to hide who they were so you could tell them the difference between them fighting. Even then, I don't think that fight lasted too long. Like, they shot it from behind and just blew it up in one blast, I remember. Because, like, you know, the episode's about to end. There was um, on an old website. I forgot, I can't. I actually tried searching this, like, a year ago, and I couldn't find it. But apparently there was an interview with, like, one of the writers for this show that, like, they couldn't show any of the robots getting hurt. So there might have been like so, and then I was thinking about it, like they don't really co- fight; they just kind of fly around, shoot lasers at things. And so I guess they couldn't show any of the robots getting hurt that way or hurting other robots. But they're not human. I I, I know, <laughs> but like I, usually on a show, someone will be revealed to be a clone or a robot, and they'll do whatever they want to them without mercy. And you're like, oh my god! It's like I'm a clone, so I can die. But and I'm like, oh my god, that's like a living person. Like, people are so indiscriminate about killing that and robots, like, all over the place in, like, media I watched growing up. Oh, yeah. I, I was always sad when the robots died, because I'm like, they, they, they have 
they have feelings too, kind of, not really. As sad as the Batman robot who's like, oh God, I killed the real Batman. I've got to die, commit suicide. And I'm like, oh my God. Batman's just like, eh, I didn't need to save him. He's not alive. He's a robot. I like how you brought up the Batman thing as a, you know an example of this. When I was also thinking of an, a Batman example, what was it? The little uh, girl that was that splintered off from Clayface. That I guess he like suffocated her back into his body. And there was another little girl that died. I guess she got dissipated in the rain or something like that. No, you. It's another Clayface, or no? Who's this? I think these were both Clayface episodes. I thought there was only the one. But yeah, since she's not human, they can kill her, and it's fine for the for the to still get a, a, a G all ages rating. It would only be, you know, PG-13 if a human dies. Mm. Unless they die off screen, then it's okay. Yeah, so they'll fall off, they'll fall off the building, and Batman is like, he'll be fine, maybe. What would you think of these next three episodes, people who haven't seen them before? Um, it's just I me mean, and Thomas. I haven't seen them either. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you'd seen them all already. No, they're okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I like them, but I can't put my finger on it. I just don't know if I would. Like, it's a very hard series to binge watch. Like, after the third mm-hmm. episode, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is a good stopping point. Well, I don't think, lot- like, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> well it throws a lot at you and there's a lot of different scene changes and stuff like that so it almost like disorients you it's like oh okay it's like you're yeah. going from space to earth to you know prison planets and this that and water planets so it's kind of like you you, you have like whiplash almost yeah it's yeah. just like it's a lot <laughs> it's like 100% beautiful but it's definitely within the weird tropes of 80s cartoons of just like we're traveling in space hey we're at earth yeah yeah, to, yeah, that's, to me, that's my these, opinion. <laughs> this these three episodes, uh, I think, are definitely like highlights as far as like the animation of the show, like the art style and all that. But I think these are probably not as far as storytelling. These episodes weren't that great to me. Like they were just so straightforward, just not a whole lot <laughs> happening. Uh, I thought the it, Phoenix one was good though. Yeah, like, I, Phoenix was, is my favorite out of all. Phoenix of one's good. Yeah. Because, like, I'm like, hey, a sympathetic villain, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that character was, I, I mean, I like that character compared to some of these other ones. But, I mean, to me, the episode was still just kind of just, like, straightforward, just basic. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I probably like that Strike episode the best. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. <laughs> when Umbra's not involved. <laughs> Which will probably never happen now. I think that's the only episode where Umbra's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, two episodes later, I think, is my favorite episode in the series. So I'm excited when you guys talk about that one. Okay. Did somebody have a life uh, revelation? Someone die? Not. That's a little revelation. And it's, just a really, it's a really nice episode. I think a revelation? Really- Are they they're <laughs> one of the, the Orbots realize they're not getting paid? <laughs> One of the Orbots realizes they're a Gobot. <laughs> no. God. One of them realizes they have a human brain inside and they're not like the other Orbots. So the other, <laughs> ostr- other ones ostracize them. You're a lesser toy line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see how they 
end it later with the other few episodes. Like if they actually bring more robots in or just more monsters or exploding satellites, because a lot of the times th- these episodes had them also splitting off a lot too to do their own thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The next, actually, the next four. I think it's, except for 12, I'm looking at the name. I don't I, like when I just think of the name, I just can't remember exactly what happens. But it, the next four, are really, I think, are my favorites in the series. So it gets better mm. as it goes on, huh? For me personally, but like I just like I, I, I really enjoy what they do with that. All right. Well, if that's is that everything Aaron wants to yeah. say before we sign off? I think that's it. Thanks. So. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of SparkCast. Signing off, this is me, Sean. Okay. (laughs) And I believe I am Thomas. (laughs) Uh, I think think I'm Sammy. I'm pretty sure I'm Steve. I mean, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night. Night. Bye.